Right now, the belief is that Kyle Palmieri and Casey Sezikis are going to be back into the fold. Don't look for Zach Parisi to fill any hole on the, on the top line. Lou always says, when you have time, you use it. And that's showing my age by calling it an album. Newsday presents the Island Ice Podcast with Andrew Gross. And welcome to Island Ice, Newsday's New York Islanders podcast, episode 108, as we unpack the bevy of moves the Islanders have made since the free agent market opened on Wednesday. Yeah, yeah, no, I know. I'm just kidding. Hi, I'm your host, Andrew Gross of Newsday. You can find me on Twitter at agrossnewsday, and I'm going at it solo today. I'll only be joined by your questions later on for some Andrew's answers, and uh, surely as we progress through this podcast, we'll be talking about Kyle Palmieri and Zach Parisi and Casey Sezikis and Anthony Beauvillier and Ilya Sorokin and Adam Pellick and probably some Vladimir Tarasenko along the way as well. But before uh, I I delve into the Islanders' lack of moves so far and uh, Caveat, by the time you hear this, who knows, something may have changed. Um, I I just wanted to start with a quick, and uh, please bear with me on this, uh, a a quick quick self-promo here. I mean, you you obviously download or upload or whatever you do with podcasts. You, you, You do that with Island Ice to hear me talk about the Islanders. However, uh, as you know, I occasionally kind of get off the rails and go off topic and uh, discuss music. So uh, I, I'm, I'm thrilled and humbled uh, that some new friends of mine, uh, Justin and Chris, who are both uh, big hockey fans, by the way, they're, they're allowing me to uh, join them uh, next week. I think the podcast, they're... they're, they're podcast drops on Monday. Uh, they're, they're, they're allowing me to join them on their great podcast, The Metal Exchange, and that's as in heavy metal. And we're going to be dis- discussing one of my f- my favorites from college, uh, Blue Murder. Maybe you've heard me talk about this band. Um, we're going to be going over their debut album, and that's showing my age by calling it an album. But uh, So after you listen to this next week, uh, please consider looking up uh, The Metal Exchange, giving that a listen. And as for the Islanders, here's what we know as a very late Thursday night, actually, as I look at the uh, computer clock, it's early Friday morning. Andy Green is back. He's back on another one-year deal, this one with a cap hit of 725000 I was able to confirm through a league source that, so far, that is the only contract the Islanders have registered with the league. Uh, you know, as we sit around, and again, this is uh, going on a little more than, you know, two active days. Uh, the free agent market opens Wednesday at noon, And most teams, I mean, it was, you hear about a free agent frenzy, and it was like off the charts bananas, uh, some of these deals that we saw Wednesday and even going into Thursday. But mostly it was right at the start on Wednesday. Uh, A lot of big deals announced, even before Wednesday, uh, Seth Jones getting traded from the Blue Jackets to the Blackhawks and signing... 
a deal since he was with the Blackhawks. He could get that eight-year extension at $9.5 million per um you know, Kale McCarr getting over nine million with the uh, with the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, uh, Gabriel Landeskog. You know, there had been some chatter about what happens uh, if he hits uh, the free agent market and what kind of interest could the Islanders have in a Gabriel Landeskog. And honestly, if you're you're a sane GM. Uh, based on the way Landeskog plays, you, you got to kick those tires. Um, but Landeskog never made it to uh, free agency. He re-ups with Colorado. Uh, it was it was just a lot of deals flying all over the place. Uh, you know, Philip Grubauer goes to the Seattle Kraken. It, it was one after another. But the the one team that seemed to be just uh, not even seemed to be was completely on the sidelines in, in terms of at least announcing deals or uh, you know getting some deals done. Where were the Islanders? Uh, the the Andy Green deal was done before the expansion draft. Uh, the the Islanders had to get that done uh, in order to expose Andy Green and, and get them expansion draft. Uh, compliant. And, and to be honest, the team hasn't even announced the green deal yet. And we're going on, uh, my math is bad, as you guys know, but they, we're, we're going on 13 days since that got agreed upon. That that deal has not been announced uh, yet either. So, uh, you know, we're, we're going on a lot of speculation, a lot of uh, connect the dots, a lot of, you know, process of elimination but the belief through all of this is that Kyle Palmieri and Casey Sezikis are going to be re-signed. And that's, you know, probably a little different tune than what I was saying uh, after, you know, breakup day. When I, I, I honestly didn't think the Islanders were going to be able to get either back into the fold. Uh, certainly not Sezikis. Um but then you, you you lose Jordan Eberle's contract at $5.5 million to the Seattle Kraken in the expansion draft. Lou Lamarillo pulls off a whopper of a one-way deal and gets Andrew Ladd in the rest of his contract, and he's in at $5.5 million per season. Uh, Lou pawns him off on the uh, Arizona Coyotes, who are taking any and all contracts and any and all draft choices at this point, um, although they then turn around and trade their goalie, Darcy Kemper, uh, uh, to the Colorado Avalanche. So, you know, I do feel bad for Arizona Coyote fans because they're building for the future, but uh, it it certainly looks like that future is like five years down the road at, at this point. But, uh, you know, I, I, I'm digressing a little bit here. Um, so, you know, right now the belief is that Kyle Palmieri and Casey Sezikis are going to be back into the fold and that Zach, son of J.P. Parisi, is going to be signed after the Wild bought out the final four seasons of his 13-year $98 million deal. And look, you know, at one point, you Islander fans really, really, really wanted Zach Parisi. Of course, that was in 2003 when the Islanders picked Robert Nilsson at number 15, and then the Tevils, uh, Lou Lamarillo there, uh, select Preci, uh 17th overall in the 2003 draft. Again, uh, kind of um, 
digressing there. But, you know, Parisi is obviously not the player he was, you know, uh, up and coming with the Devils or, you know, in his prime when he went to Minnesota, when he went, when the Wild deemed him worthy of a 13-year, $98 million deal. You know, he wound up as a healthy scratch at time at times this past season. Um, but when, if he does come to the Islanders, uh, Lou Lamarillo will certainly be spelling out the expectations and, and his role. And, 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 you know, don't look for Zach Parisi to fill any hole on the, on the top line. I, I would suspect uh, that he would probably be playing on a third line with Jean-Gabriel Pajot and, you know, maybe Kyle Palmieri, and we can delve into that a little bit later, um, you know, start thinking up names for a PPP line or something like that. But uh, anyway, it's believed that Zach Parisi is going to be an Islander next season and that Kyle Palmieri and Casey Sezikis will remain Islanders. What happens with Travis Zajac? I, I think that's a TBD based on who goes where and what happens when. Um, that's kind of not, I don't want to say a fallback position, if he comes back, probably more, and this is unless Casey Sezikis goes somewhere. In that case, Travis Zajac could be brought back as the fourth line center. Um, but but if Casey is back and, and you know they bring in Travis, and I would have to think it probably be on a very similar deal to to Andy Green, his buddy. You know, one year, you know, under a million maybe some incentives, you know, games played, that type of bonus type uh, stuff. That's a decision to be made later in the offseason once the Islanders kind of get more around their priorities. And and the reason I think everyone around the NHL, even though there are no announcements and, uh, you know, no contracts being registered with the league, I think why everyone around the league is so certain that Kyle Palmieri and and Sezikis and and Zach Parisi are going to be Islanders next season is that there is absolutely almost no smoke around any of those uh, UFAs or around the rest of the league. And what I mean by that is, uh, you know, there are just no real rumors connecting any of those guys to any other teams. And you would think that, you know, at some point, you know, another executive or certainly an agent, you know, trying to drum up a market there uh, would would try and get the word out that maybe other teams are interested. But, you know, Lou's got this locked down and that's the way he works. And the fact that there are no rumors or or speculation of really any of those three to any other organization really, to me, says that Lou has some form of working agreement with them or parameters or they're deep in negotiations and Lou has let it be known to everyone involved don't leak this because if this gets leaked, maybe I go a different direction. So, you know, uh, Lou is very good at putting the fear of God in, in into a lot of people who don't often have the fear of God put into them. Um, now, there, there there was some, you know, uh, twice now, uh, it, it's believed the Seattle Kraken uh, engaged Casey in talks during that 48-hour window. 
uh, before the expansion draft. And then I, I, I think uh, the, the Kraken may have circled back to Casey after the free agent window opened. But again, just not a lot there. Um, and, and that really leads you to believe that, you know, that you take Casey true to his word that, you know, his first wish was to be back with the Islanders. And then, you know, Lou talked about getting his free agents re-signed. So I, I think you take that on face value. Um, now, look, you know, there is a monetary component. And again, you know, the Islanders uh, freed up quite a bit of money with Ladd, uh, Andrew Ladd being traded to the Coyotes. As I mentioned, Jordan Eberle, uh, $5.5 million gone in the expansion draft to Seattle. And then Nick Letty, you know, his $5.5 million uh, cap hit traded to uh, Detroit. The, the Red Wings send back uh, bottom six forward Richard Panic. But they pick up half of his cap charge, 50%. So Panic's only going to cost the Islanders, I believe it's $1.3 million. So, you know, a lot of money exchanged or a lot of money going out the door. So that leaves the Islanders at right around $17.6 million under the flat $81.5 million uh, salary cap ceiling. And these numbers are compiled by the invaluable capfriendly.com. So thank you to capfriendly.com and uh, the fine folks who run that site and put that all together. But the Islanders also uh, can, can exceed that $81.5 million cap ceiling by another $6 million, um, when Johnny Boychuk uh, goes back on long-term injured reserve. Now, uh, look, how much of that needs to be earmarked for, for the Islanders' restricted free agents, which uh, Lou actually, you know, kind of pointed to as his off-season priority, uh, that, that's kind of a, a rising number right now. And, and, you know, you heard me mention some of these Contracts that got doled out, uh, Seth Jones and uh, Kale McCarr, um, you know, and Zach Wierenski, uh, that's a tough name for me to pronounce, um, Zach Wierenski, and I tried it twice, what am I thinking? Um, you know, he's in at over $9 million. The the Columbus Blue Jackets just announced that deal. Um, you know, so if I'm the representation for both Adam Pellick and Ryan Pulak, uh, Pellick's an RFA right now, and he's got arbitration rights, but Ryan Pulak is going to be a UFA next offseason. So if I'm the representation for the Islanders' top pair defenseman, I'm doing backflips over where this market has gone right now. So, you know, I, I mean, we all knew Adam Pellick was going to get a significant, significant raise. He, he's coming off a four-year, $6.4 million deal. Uh, you know, so he has a cap hit, or he had a cap hit, of $1.6 So, you know, right now, or not right now, during the season, you think, well, at least he's going to match uh, Ryan Pulak's, uh, you know, around $5 million, right? Wrong. No. 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 <laughs> I mean, you got to think Pellick is now, you're talking $6 million minimum, I, I, I would think. I mean, his representation, his agent, 
you know, is got to be pointing to those and, and, and those other contracts and saying, you know, here's, you know, now I know Pellick does not uh, produce the offense that maybe some of the those other guys, certainly not a Cal McCarr, certainly not a Zach Wierenski. Hey, that, that was pretty good. Um, you know, or, or, or Seth Jones, you know, Pellick offensively is not in, in the same boat. So, you know, you do pay for offense amongst your defensemen, but still, I mean, Pellick is acknowledged as, you know, just a, a, a shutdown. His, his, the, the way he uses his stick is, is, you know, probably the best on the Islanders positionally. He's really good. The Islanders desperately need Adam Pellick and, and, and you know, just, Look at what happened during uh, the the first of two COVID seasons when when Pelic, uh, um you know ruptured that Achilles tendon and was thought to be lost for the season and just how the Islanders struggled without Adam Pelic and uh, you know so so where does Adam Pelic wind up on a deal you know I, I don't think I, I don't think we're talking nine million uh, for him. But, you know, I, I've gone from thinking it's going to be around $5 million to certainly thinking we're, we're going to be above 6 And I, I could see this coming in, you know, $6.5 million, maybe six 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 seven somewhere around there. But, again, the Islanders, to, to get there, uh, the Islanders are going to want Adam Pellick to be signed up for the long term. Uh, and, and to buy as many years of unrestricted free agency from him as possible. Um, you know, maybe that gets the deal to $7 million per season. Uh, does it get it over $7 million? We'll have to see. But, um, you know, what, what do you want to lock up Adam Pellick for? I would think the Islanders are looking, you know, uh, around six years uh, for sure. Um, you know, you want to do six by six point five, uh, you know, a deal around there. It's going to be pricey, and and, and then you got Ilya Sorokin as a restricted free agent. And I just saw this. Um, you know, the the projections have uh, Sorokin's buddy uh, Igor Shesterkin of the Rangers um, coming in with a cap charge of maybe around six million. Right, so so Ilya Sorokin played on a one-year, two million-dollar deal. So now, where where does Sorokin go? Look, if Igor Shosturkin is getting six million, and I know you know Shosturkin is clearly the Rangers' number one, whereas with the Islanders, um, the thought is that Sorokin will eventually be the number one. But we still, you know, we're still looking at two more years of Semyon Varlamov in at five million per season. Um, and look, Varley has certainly earned that cash, um, you know, Venmo or however players are paid now. Um, uh, he's certainly earned that, especially through his playoff performances, right? Um, but uh, Sorokin won a first round series against the Penguins. Um, he, uh, I, I, I just, and, and I, I remember saying this early in the season too, that, that if, if Ilya gets going and, you know, it, it's really a 1A and a 1B, what's to stop Sorokin for asking uh, for around Varlamov's $5 million? Um, and, you know, or does Sorokin, you know, if he takes less money, if they wants less money, then, you know, 
it's probably going to be a very short-term deal, and his agents are going to get him to unrestricted free agency. So if the Islanders want to sign him up for the longer term, and look, they, they believe in this guy, and they think he is you know, not only the goalie of the future, but the goalie of now, uh, they're, they're going to have to pay up for this guy too. So, you know, my, my point is that I'm trying to uh, funnel this discussion towards is that $17.6 under the $81.5 million cap is going to evaporate pretty quickly. We, just with some of these uh, restricted free agent deals, let alone, you know, Sezekis and... Uh, and uh, Kyle Palmieri, you know, Zach Parisi, again, will probably come in on a, a much smaller deal. And the other restricted free agent we have not talked about yet, we, me, have not talked about yet is Anthony Beauvillier. He's, you know, he, he had a $2.1 million cap charge last season. And what does he go to? Does that get doubled? You know, are we looking at about $4 million per season for him? Maybe, can the Islanders bring it in around three point five? I mean, he he is a top six forward for this team. And, uh, you know, you, you look around at some of the contracts being given out. And, uh, and this is, you know, more in relation to Casey Sezekis, but... Look, the Rangers bar- gave Barkley Goudreau, uh, Goudreau a, a six-year, $21.85 million deal. Uh, so that's around, what, 3.6, I believe. Um, Goudreau, and look, uh, he he was a big part of the Lightning uh, winning a couple of cups. And uh, certainly that third line with Blake Coleman and Yanni Gord, um, ironically, all three of them gone uh, from from Tampa Bay uh, in, in rapid succession. Um, Blake Coleman goes up to the uh, Calgary Flames for a six-year, $29.4 million deal. That's a an AAV of $4.9 million, folks. Um, and, and Gord goes on to uh, uh, the Seattle Kraken, where, where he'll be Jordan Eberle's teammate. Um, the, the, the point is that, you know, Anthony Beauvillier, 2.1 million, you're looking at doubling that based on where the market is going. If, if, if the Islanders can somehow get him in, you know, under 4 million, you know, a closer to 3.5 million, I think Lou's done an incredible job with that. Um, now Casey, you know, he was already earning $3.35 million per season, or, you know, that was his AAV. H- how many years is he going to ask for? And, and you know, I, I, I'm surely he's asking for more than $4 million per season um, or around there. You know, is he going to ask for five? Five by four? You know, like, again, Goudreau got six years Blake Coleman got six years. You know, how long do the Islanders want to go with Casey Sezekis, who's, uh, you know, uh, 30? Um, So, you know, again, that 17.6 million plus the 6 million with with Boychuk is not, you know, yes, it's a lot better than uh, the cap space the Islanders started with this offseason, but still, it's going to go uh very quickly and uh you know Lou Lamarillo did talk to the media um 
after uh, the Islanders draft on uh, uh, Friday and Saturday and haven't even gotten to that uh, to discuss. But, uh, you know, even then we, we saw some of the numbers. We saw Kale McCarr's number. We saw Seth Jones's number. And, and I asked Lou whether what was going on on the market and and it just you know once the free agent market opened on Wednesday the, the, those numbers followed you know what we were seeing uh, before the market opened uh, wh- whether you know the higher than expected maybe salaries or AAVs being handed out how that would complicate Lou's strategy. Um, so I, I, I asked him that, and, and here's what Lou had to say about that. Well, I, I've always said you have, a, you have a five-year plan, and it changes every day. Uh, so, you know, certain uh, uh, transactions and certainly, um, you know, people not being available, uh, you know, changes your, your, your thought process and, you know, uh, pushes you into other areas or other decisions. But the one thing that you cannot and uh, we will not is make decisions just for the sake of making them and make a transaction just, you know, to make a, a move. It has to be within the uh, thought process of, of today and tomorrow, not just today. Here's how Lou Lamarillo handles negotiations. He comes in with a well-thought-out valuation, uh, what the organization believes the player is worth. Uh, Lou does not lowball these players, uh, from what I've been told. Um, now, a lot of times agents won't like the number that Lou comes in with. And I'm thinking back to when uh, Zach Parisi left the Devils for the Wild. You know, Lou just simply wasn't going 13 years, $98 million for Parisi with the Devils. And, you know, I, I could go off on a tangent on, well, he, you know, he... He went to ridiculous lengths with uh, Ilya Kovalchuk. What was that? Fifteen. They finally got it to fifteen years, a hundred million. Uh, th- there's a backstory there. I-, I I never thought that that was a deal that Lou was ever comfortable with, and Lou certainly wasn't going to advocate for a thirteen-year, ninety-eight million dollar deal for Parisi with the Devils. Um, look, per- Parisi liked it in New Jersey. Um, there, there was certainly, had there been a comparable offer from the, from the devils, I, I, I think it would have been a harder choice for Zach, although the allure of going to Minnesota, you know, where, where his father, his late father, JP Parisi was living with the family. I, I know that was a huge pull for, for Zach Parisi. And I am digressing here, but my, my point is that, you know, Lou, Lou doesn't lowball. Uh, but you know he he's also pretty honest and you know he says this is what is what so uh you know it, it it's going to be very interesting to to see where this all goes uh particularly with Pelic this season and and Pulak no, next season now that the price tags have gone up 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 this off season and uh you know based on everything that's going on you know, Kyle Palmieri is coming off a five-year, twenty-three point two five million dollar deal. That's a, you know, AAV of four point six five million. I, I would think Palms, you know, really he's thirty, and this is probably his last big payday too. 
I, I would think Palms is seeking to be on the north side of $5 million per. Um, and I would think he's looking for, you know, five years. Maybe he can get him in at four, but probably five. Um, somewhere around there. Um, so again, you know, 17.6 plus 6 million is not as much money as, uh, you know, it seems like when we were all kids, basically. <laughs> and, and, and of course, this may all tie into any interest Lou Lamarillo has in the Blues' Vladimir Tarasenko, uh, who, who would like to be traded after three left shoulder surgeries over the past two seasons. Tarasenko says he's healthy. Some others around the league tend to believe that too. Uh, but do the Islanders believe that? How much are they willing to send to St. Louis for Tarasenko if it comes to that? And, and how much, if any, salary does St. Louis retain? And I'm going to table that for a minute because uh, we'll, we'll get into that more with uh, Andrew's answers. But as I mentioned, in the midst of all this, the Islanders also had a, uh, uh, a an NHL entry draft. And uh, it was certainly an interesting one for them as they uh, uh, <laughs> they, they they did not have the first round pick. And that, that was because uh, uh, they traded that to the Devils for uh, for Palmieri and Travis Zajac. Um, but they, they, they then had a, a, a pick in... Uh, in rounds two through uh, seven, um, let's see, and and I'm kind of vamping here because my laptop. I'm trying to open up uh, the 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 draft choice boxes here, and uh, my my laptop has suddenly decided not to cooperate with me, which is just par for the course here. Um, but look, the Islanders. At number 52, uh, and we'll see how this plays out, but, you know, it it could be a real good thing for this organization. They got a uh, what was once thought of as a first-round talent in uh, Finnish center Atu Rati um, drops to them at number 52. And, uh, you know... Uh, there were there were some co- questions about uh, I guess Rati's maturity and you know he he had a bad season in, in the Finnish league and then he was not invited back to the national team which raised up some uh, some uh, red flags um, but then he gets drafted and uh, immediately in a summer showcase. <laughs> Um, he goes off for two goals in the first period, and that's when Lou talked to us. He he was he was absolutely thrilled that uh, uh, Aturati had gotten two goals in the first period uh, immediately after being drafted, and uh, and he went on to score four goals in that game, and then uh, you know he he had a really good showcase. So, you know, he was the, the third-ranked European skater uh, by the NHL Central Scouting Bureau. He was once considered a p- potential top-ten pick b- before his stock dropped considerably. And look, you know, I, I knew his stock was, was dropping. 
I still thought in my mock draft and take it, you know, the value Colin Stevenson and I put together a mock draft. We got the first four right. Um, you know, I think our first nine selections, even though it wasn't the right order, we got the first nine, at least our top nine was what was selected as the top nine. And then the, the whole draft went kablooey. And, and we had Atu Rati uh, going in the first round. I think we had him in the, in the mid first round and he falls to number 52. Um, you know, he, he only had three goals and three assists in 35 games last season. Um, he has strong playmaking skills and if they hit on this, this could be, you know, it could be like getting that first round pick, even though you traded it away. Um, and, uh, you know, I asked Lou in all the mock drafts they did, you know, in, in the Islanders war room, all the projections they did for, for, for the NHL draft at any point, did, did they even you know, did they have any scenario where Atu Rati was there available at number 52? And and, and Lou basically said no, the, that this was a huge surprise when he was still on the board there. And, and I, I think Lou did the right thing. You don't overthink it. You know, you see a guy like this, you know, he's where he's ranked by, a, you know, Central Scouting Bureau. You know what the talent is and, and you know there are questions on him but it's number 52 you don't overthink it you you take him and, and then the rest of the draft um you know we won't know for four or five years how this draft really turned out uh they take a goalie from uh, Saginaw in the Ontario Hockey League who did not play last season because the OHL was shut down because of the COVID-19 pandemic uh that's Tristan Lennox um but Central Scouting Bureau uh had uh Lennox ranked third among North American goalies um so you know he's 6'4 190 and, and again goalie prospects, you know, they, they take time. You're, you're talking about at least five years before you know what you got with the third round goalie. Um, in the fourth round, they take a center Cameron Berg from Muskegon of the USHL. Um, Berg will go on and play college hockey at Nebraska. Omaha He's considered a solid two way center. He's got some good passing skills, uh, he can rush the puck up ice, as centers should be able to. Then in the fifth round, at number 157, uh, uh, the Islanders take another finish forward, uh, Etu Liukas, um, who's a very physical player. <laughs> um, uh, he had a goal, two assists, and 20 penalty minutes in, in 19 uh, uh, Liga games last season. Um then in the sixth round, uh, another Finnish uh, player, this one a defenseman, Alexei uh, Malinin, um, a very strong skater, uh, mostly a defenseman, uh, or not a defenseman, in a defensive role. Um, and then the, the last uh, pick for them at number 221, uh, another European, another European defenseman, this one from the Czech Republic, uh, Tomas Machu, um, a right-handed uh, defenseman. You always like those. Um, and he played in the Czech 2 League last game, uh, last season. Uh, 
Um, you know, again, a seventh-round pick, you're not going to know much about him. And, and this draft was as screwy as any draft because of the COVID-19, uh, COVID-19 pandemic really limited uh, people's ability to uh, get out on the road and scout. So, uh, you know, kind of a, a crapshoot. Uh, drafts always uh, tend to be that, but uh, this year uh, in particular. So, you know, uh, we'll, we'll, again, it's going to be, you know, Aturati is probably playing in Finland next season. So it's going to be at least another year before you know what you got in him. Uh, so that that is for down the road. Certainly, Islanders in a, in a win now mode. And uh, you know, I mentioned uh, Tarasenko before, and that that would have been a, a perfect segue uh, into your questions for Andrew's answers. It's time for your questions with Andrew's answers. And I say that because the first question uh, uh, comes from Thomas Boyle, who says, if the Islanders trade for Tarasenko, what is the return for the Blues? Uh, I I am nervous with his injury history. And uh, look, uh, if the Islanders are convinced he's, he's healthy, then, you know, they engage in the talks, they go for it. What, what would it take? What would St. Louis ask? And this is, you know, off the top of my head. And and again, it it depends whether the the Blues are going to retain any salary because if they retain salary, they can certainly ask for more from the the Islanders. But, you know, for Tarasenko, could you put together a a package of Beauvillier? I I think Beauvillier, uh, the... The, the Blues would probably want, um, you know, a forward back, someone who could play in the NHL right away. Um, so I, I, I would think Beauvillier would be a candidate there. You know, probably, a, you know, a first or a second round pick. Uh, maybe, you know, if it's Bo and, you know, they're not retaining salary or anything, maybe you'd get by with the second or third round pick, probably a second rounder, never mind the third rounder, you know, uh, would it have to be two picks, you know, we'll see, but I'll say Bo in a first or a second rounder, and then probably a prospect, you know, think of a, a, a Bodie Wild, a Simon Holmstrom, uh, you know, I, I'm sure the Blues would, might ask about defenseman Samuel Bolduck. They might ask uh, uh, about um, Robin Sallow, um, you know, and then it's all negotiations. And, you know, could could the Islanders throw Leo Komarov into the deal as well? Uh, just, you know, kind of even off the money. And, uh, you know, Leo's got $3 million on the books for... Uh, uh, for this coming season, so you know that that that's what I'm thinking off the the top of my head. Um, Benny Deer asks if the Islanders have indeed signed Palmieri or or do sign Palmieri. Do you think his role is best served on the third line or the first line? And boy, I, I would love to call up Neil Best right now and get his thoughts on this. But look, uh, if they do re-sign Kyle Palmieri. Um, I do think he's going to probably wind up playing with Pajot again, maybe with Parisi, you get the, the three veterans there. Um, 
do I think he's best served there? I, I, I sort of, you know, look, we all saw how good Kyle Palmieri was in, in the two or three shifts he got with Matthew Barzell. And, and then you got Anders Lee there as well. Um, and, and, you know, personally, I, I would love to see that line, but I, I, I sort of feel like uh, maybe Oliver Wallstrom uh, gets more of a, a chance with Barzell and, and Anders Lee at least to start. Um, we'll have to see. I, I, you know, I'm thinking this and probably me saying that guarantees that Barry goes the other way. But um, where is he best served? Um, I, I, I just feel like he's going to wind up playing with Pajot, uh, that they feel like there's something there. Um, uh, Joe Hunsberger and Joe is joking around about the fact that, uh, the Islanders have not announced anything in the first couple of days of free agency. So he says, okay, let me see if I can help you out. How about a 20 minute garage drum solo? I, I don't think I'll be doing that. Certainly not as we head on towards around two in the morning. I, I'm not doing that. Um, what do you think of the salaries and term being handed out? And he mentions uh, Ryan Suter, who, like Zach Parisi, was bought out of the final four seasons of his 13-year, $98 million deal with the Wild, and then goes on to get a four-year deal with the uh, Dallas Stars at, I think, $3.6 million. Look, Ryan Suter made out like a bandit here because he got his money from from the uh, from the Wild and then got another deal on top of that. Uh, I, I I think prices are high. I, I think the Islanders would have been more in on Ryan Suter if if the price was you know three million or under, but it was north of that. So you know, salaries are high. Um, and Joe also asked, can we presume Lou is working the phones? Yes, always presume Lou is working the phones. And is he just waiting for everyone to sign everywhere and then say to our guys, everyone else is at the cap limit? I, I don't know. I don't think Lou is playing a waiting game like that. Um, but Lou always says, when you have time, you use it. And uh, you know what? Uh, the, the guys trust Lou, so, you know, I could see Casey and uh, and Kyle, you know, and, and Zach, you know, holding on a minute uh, to give Lou some time to see if he can work out anything with the Blues on Tarasenko or if anything else is out there. It says to me that those other guys are pretty confident and have been convinced by Lou that, you know, that there's something in place there. Um Michael Tricarico says, what does Lou have going on in that cone of silence of his? And uh, a lot of, you know, what we discussed here, I mean, you know, a lot of it is moving the numbers and, uh, you know, balancing the checkbook and seeing, you know, how much money is going to be needed here and there. Um, Lou keeps things to himself. And, you know, there, I, I'm sure there are thoughts that he doesn't even share uh, with, with others in the organization at times, because, you know, he just, he doesn't want to be put in the position where information gets out and you can call that paranoid or you can look at Lou's track record, you know, going back to 1987 and say, while it's annoying for everyone else, the method works, right? Um, 
Chris Nietzsche, and uh, this is the Chris Nietzsche of, uh, at the beginning, the great uh, Metal Exchange podcast, who, uh, uh, again, I'll be guesting with Chris and his buddy Justin on their episode, which will drop this coming Monday. But Chris is also a huge Islanders fan, so he says... In your opinion, what's the best case scenario and the worst case scenario as far as what the opening night lineup will look like? And, you know, I, I thought it was a very good question. So here's, you know, best case for me. Uh, and I'll go through it with the lines. Uh, I got Lee Barzell and Wallstrom. I got Tarasenko, Nelson and Bailey. I got Parisi, Peugeot, Palmieri. Martin Sezikis, Clutterbuck. Um, you know, if you want to dream and dream big, I'm on defense, I'm going Pelic Pulak. I got Vince Dunn with Scott Mayfield and Andy Green and Noah Dobson and then Varlamov and Sorokin in net. Now, that is a, a best, best case scenario. I have absolutely no idea how you fit Vince Dunn, who, by the way, I who I think, and he's the uh, the former Blues defenseman who got picked by the Seattle Kraken in the expansion draft. And he is a restricted free agent, and he's going to make some money. And he's an up-and-comer. He's a left-hander. I think he would slot into that Mayfield, uh, into that Nick Letty position beautifully. Um, I, I, I'm not telling you how it works out where Tarasenko's contract and Palmieri's contract and Parisi's contract and Sezikis's contract and, and Dunn's contract all work. I'm just saying best case scenario, let Lou figure it out. That would be my best case scenario for the Islanders at this point. Um, I, I, I hate dubbing this a worst case because I think that's a disservice uh, to the players I'm going to mention. But uh, I, I will say this is kind of, a, you know, at minimum uh, in terms of what can be done this offseason. And I, I guess it's a worst case because in this scenario, the Islanders lose Sezikis um, and don't bring in a defenseman, don't bring in Tarasenko. So uh, that that lineup would be Lee Barzell Wallstrom, Beauvillier Nelson Bailey, Parisi Pajot Palmieri. Martin, and then uh, some one of three, Zajac, Komarov, Koivula uh, with Clutterbuck. And then on defense, you got uh, Pelik and Pulak. You got, uh, in this scenario, I got Hickey with Mayfield, Green with Dobson, and Varlamov, and Sorokin. Um... John Pisano says Andrew with St. Louis signing Brandon Sod, and yeah, uh, that that was another one. Brandon Sod gets a, a five-year deal, um, and and that was a, a little bit longer, and he goes over five million. Um, it, with St. Louis signing Sod, is it now more likely Tarasenko is an Islander? I I don't know whether that makes it more likely Tarasenko is an Islander. I tend to think that it's more likely now that St. Louis it feels a little bit more comfortable in trading Tarasenko and seeing what they can get back uh, for that. Um, let's see. 
Uh, Al Payone uh, says, Lou is certainly making you dig deep for writing ideas based on total secrecy, and thank you for recognizing that. So with the Islanders being one of the oldest teams in the league, and, and that is the case, they, they, they are... Um, I think it was Cap Friendly uh, Depth Charts uh, tweeted it out that the Islanders are amongst uh, the five oldest teams in the NHL, and they just get older uh, once you include Palmieri, Parisi, or or Sezikis in there as well. Do you feel retaining the younger players and not signing anyone 30 or over for any term uh, is a better win now and still be competitive in three years strategy. Al says, I don't want it to be 1995 and the new Ice Age all over again in the new arena. And look, what I see is a, a team that has made it to the NHL Final Four two seasons in a row and a, a, a general manager. And I, I know Lou would, would absolutely hate me for pointing this out, but a general manager who is 78. Um, and, you know, this is the ultimate win now. The The Islanders were one goal away from the cup final. Lou Lamarillo is trying to push them over that hump for next season. And you know what? Um, when you have a chance to win the cup, you go for it. And I, I think Lou is... You know, I know this is kind of, it sounds funny since he hasn't really, you know, we don't know what his off-season strategy is yet, but I, I don't think Lou is shying away from going for it, which is why I think he has an interest in Tarasenko and, you know, and bringing in, you know, he sees a value in a 36-year-old Zach Parisi, you know, so... Uh, there, there, there. You're, there are young players in the pipeline. Uh, how good they're going to be, we're going to find that out. But you know, I mentioned Robin Sallow. I mentioned Samuel Bolduck. Uh, I mentioned Boldy Wild on defense. You know, Simon Holmstrom at some point is going to, you know, have to show he can push for a uh, roster spot. You got Otto Koivula. Uh, who who could push for a roster spot? You know, Oliver Wallstrom is young. Kiefer Bellows, maybe he pushes. And, and don't forget, you know, I, I know they're not rookies or newbies anymore, but Barzell and uh, Anthony Beauvillier are still, you know, relatively young as well. And uh, we'll finish up with uh, Bill Dickot, who this this sounds more like a, a statement than a question, but why no news? Why no announcements? It's so frustrating. And look, Bill, I I, I feel your pain. I sat literally on my rear end in front of a computer, texting, emailing, uh, watching, you know, the NHL Network's free agent frenzy. I, I, I kept thinking I was going to have news to report. And, you know, it's, it's, it's all speculation. It is frustrating. And I've got vacation staring at me in August. That is my downtime before, you know, to recharge the batteries before we uh, get into a training camp, which will be here before you know it. Um, So yeah, August is my time to kind of unplug and, uh, and uh, take a deep breath and get ready for the next season. And uh, it is frustrating because it looks like the Islanders are going to make me work a little bit through my uh, vacation. 
um, and probably, and I don't consider this work, um, doing podcasts, um, but they will probably have me doing podcasts during my vacation as well. But uh, we we will see where this all shakes out. And, uh, you know, hopefully we'll have more to talk about on the next episode of Island Ice, Newsday's New York Islanders podcast. Uh, in the meantime, please follow me on Twitter. That's at A Gross Newsday. And also anything that... Uh, is written or said about the Islanders is up on newsday.com backslash aisles. And until the next time, happy hockey, everybody.